Streaming has gotten way too complicated, but you can hack the system with Prime Video. It has everything in one app with one password. See Roadhouse, Giannis, The Marvelous Journey, and the National Women's Soccer League, all included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report Sports add-on or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. Prime Video. It's all your favorite content in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing, and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Thanks for listening to the Herd Podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday on Fox Sports Radio at noon to 3 Eastern, 9 a.m. to noon Pacific. Find your local station for the herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Fox Sports Radio or FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Here we go on a Monday. Lots and lots to talk about. Live in Los Angeles, it's the herd. Wherever you may be and however you may be listening, thanks for making us part of your day. Colin Wright, Colin Wrong. Man, there is plenty of both on a Monday. Greg Olson stops by in an hour as well. 42 to 19, J Mac. You and I, it was our favorite pick of the week. We love the Niners. Last week, we said it on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. We love the Niners. Um, you, uh, I didn't. You predicted it had a chance to be a blowout. You know, when you're right, you're right, Colin. Uh, we gave the the, uh, the audience some spending money for the holidays, shall yes. we say. Yes. So it is official. It's official. The San Francisco 49ers are the most talented team in the league. It's not worth arguing. They're 9-0 and when healthy. They blew the doors off the Cowboys and humiliated the Eagles. When healthy, this roster, even missing their great safety, Hufunga, to an injury, it's the best roster in the league. It's not particularly close. I mean, Brock Purdy against the Cowboys and Eagles, eight touchdowns, no picks. He's a seventh-round pick. But, and it's a big but, their physical style And the age of some of San Francisco's stars, they are weathered, they've taken a lot of hits, they get banged up, makes them vulnerable to injuries. And that's what we all knew, right? We've talked about this. Philadelphia's best chance, Baltimore's best chance, the Chiefs' best chance, Detroit's best chance, the Cowboys' best chance is to catch the Niners in a week that Trent Williams has got a sore hammy or... You know, Debo's not quite right. That's your chance to beat them. Because at full strength, they humiliate you. They don't humiliate the bad teams. They humiliate the second, third, fourth, fifth best teams in the league. What is Brock Purdy? Well, he's first in everything in the NFL. First in completion percentage, yards per attempt, passer rating. Um, Is he the next Brady? 
Kurt Warner, Hall of Famer, undrafted. Tony Romo, undrafted, great player. Tom Brady, Hall of Famer, GOAT, six-rounder. I don't view him as that. I view him, however, uh, as a product of his environment to some degree. I think he's good, uh, but I don't view him as a top five or six quarterback. But what he's great at in this system is he's great at what he is being asked to do. And Philadelphia in this matchup has a huge issue that's not going away. Their cornerbacks and their linebackers are kind of just guys. And San Francisco's skill players, tight end, receivers, running backs, are Hall of Fame level players. It is a big problem that's not going away. Trade, trade deadline's passed. It's not changing. That's why San Francisco's Debo Samuel was talking trash. That's why the staff was confident and coached the way it did. They look at film. They're better at this than us. They saw Debo and Kittle and Iuk and Christian McCaffrey and Trent Williams and Brock Purdy, and they looked at that secondary and those linebackers, and they knew this is a mismatch. You watched it. It was a mismatch against Dallas. But it's more problematic against Philadelphia because Dallas has some players on the back end. You're Micah Parsons, Bland now at corner, Stephon Gilmore. Philadelphia is pretty weak back there. And we have to be honest about Philadelphia. They lost both linebackers, and they lost both coordinators. And they were good coordinators. Their offensive coordinator now could make the playoffs with Gardner Minshew. They lost great people in the building. And so all those blowout wins, the margins have changed. Last year, their defense was eighth. This year, it's 24th. Last year, Jalen Hurts played comfortably and with huge leads. Now he often trails, and he's outgained. The NFL season, it's truth serum. You eventually, the weather gets crappy, your team's dinged up, and the truth comes out. And the truth is, San Francisco's the most talented team in the league. Philadelphia may be second, but they're way back. And Philadelphia, another truth, misses their great offensive coordinator, Shane Steichen, who's taking Gardner Minshew to the playoffs. They're not the same offense. And frankly, they're very average on the back. Very average. And so, from 8th to 24th in defense, from leads to falling behind on offense, you saw it. San Francisco's got better players, a better coach, and right now a better system and better momentum. And here's Nick Sirianni acknowledging all that after. We didn't coach good enough. We didn't play good enough. Um, it's as simple as that. And, then, and, and uh, you know, why do you not do that? Well, you got to give credit to them, too. That's a, that's a really good football team. And you don't come out and play your, your best game against the, the guys that they have and the coaches that they have. It, it's going to look like that. And so we got to coach better. we got to play better. And we got a lot to, to clean up. If they play again, it won't be a blowout. It gets hard to blow out really good teams twice. But that was a statement, and it wasn't a fluke or luck. Better player, better coach, better momentum, better health, blowout. All right, Green Bay, Kansas City. Brutal call at the end. We'll talk about that later. But the most encouraging part of Jordan Love's performance last night. A, he had no fear of letting it rip now. And B, Matt LaFleur is now allowing him to let it rip. They were not in the preseason. They were not in September. Love was awful in October. There was a lot of hand-holding. We kept saying it. Let it go. When you watch Jordan Love, he'll never be as precise as Aaron Rodgers. There's a lot more Favre here. He's mobile. He's got a good arm. But he can be erratic. 
You know, it's mechanics, hit and miss, throw to throw. But there's some Favre here. And with Favre, you understood there would be ugly picks. He would miss throws. He would be wild. But he was a gamer, and he could go toe-to-toe with anybody. And I think Favre and Jordan Love, now I'm not saying he is Favre, but he made a couple throws last night. He's not going to be precise. That's not what he is. His game, like Favre's, is built around swagger and confidence. And when he's allowed, remember, we kept saying this over and over. Matt, let him go. He's the kind of athlete that needs, a, you know, he needs some space. He's not a precision thrower. He's not Peyton, right? Like not Russell Wilson, no mistakes, although he had three yesterday. There are certain players that play certain ways. They're kind of predictable. You know what they're going to do. Even when they move around, it's kind of predictable. That's not Favre. That's not Josh Allen. That's not Mahomes. And that's not Jordan Love, though he's not in that class yet. He got a little bit of this, a little bit of that, but he was bad in October. He looked, uh, he looked apprehensive in September, and he didn't look like anything in the preseason because I wouldn't let him do anything. But what he has now is buy-in in the building, and this is a big deal. Justin Fields has no buy-in in the building. How do I know that? Because watch the play calls. They don't trust Justin Fields. They don't trust Zach Wilson in New York. They don't trust Mac Jones or Bailey Zappi. They don't trust him. You can tell from the play calls. What last night showed you, and I said this last week, I don't care if he wins or loses, he's got to get buy-in in the building, and he's got it. You can tell from the throws. They're just letting him let it go. They were not in preseason. They were not in September. They started to in October, but Matt LaFleur deserves credit for just saying, you know, this kid's style, you could see it on YouTube at Utah State. You could see it last night in the last two weeks. He's not going to be a precise thrower all the time. He's going to have bad picks and wild throws. But that's not how he's – he's not built to be precise. That's, that was Brady. That's Kirk Cousins. That's Drew Brees. That's not what Jordan Love is. And I think Matt LaFleur deserves a lot of credit. You also have to consider this. One of the things – and we've been on this for years. One of the things Green Bay does and they don't get a lot of credit for is that they draft and develop offensive players about as well as anybody, and they almost never draft them in the first round. Tight ends, receivers, running backs – I mean, good God, they've drafted more wide receiver talent in the last two years than Belichick has in 18 years. Dobbs, Watson, Wicks, uh, Reed, Kraft, the tight end. They got players all over the place. They're all twitchy. Watson gets banged up a lot, a bit fragile. But there's all sorts of talent here. And generationally, they're Jordan Love's age. Aaron Rodgers felt like an old front man and the band was a bunch of hipsters. Like he didn't feel like it worked. This is perfect. Jordan loves young, talented, he'll make mistakes. And Watson will drop passes. And Dobbs will run the wrong route. And Jordan Love won't be frustrated with them because he's their age. They're all learning together. There's an inertia, a symmetry. It's all moving in one direction. Aaron was a great talent, but it was the old guy rolling his eyes at the kids. This is like a young band. They'll hit some notes and miss on others. But more than anything, he's got the buy-in from the staff. They're letting him let it go, and they were not early, and Matt LaFleur talked about that. Ultimately, it, it comes down to the quarterback making the, the right decisions and then also trusting that if it's not clean, if the pocket's not clean and it starts to collapse around him, that he's going to get the ball out of his hands and, and not take a negative play. And I think we've really seen that, especially the last four games or so of, of him doing that. And... That makes it a lot easier as a play caller to to want to be more aggressive and to take our shots. 
You know, it's interesting. What Matt LaFleur is saying is we wanted him to let it go, but he wouldn't let it go. And maybe it was the pressure of Rodgers. Uh, it's title town. There's a lot of pressure being a Cowboy quarterback, a Steeler quarterback, a Packer quarterback, a, you know, right? LaFleur saying we wanted him to just let it go. So maybe it was Jordan Love not letting it go, but whatever it is, he does not look like the same player he did a month ago. He doesn't even look like the same player. Last night, that throw to Watson in the back of the end zone, whoa, everybody, the announcers were like, what a catch. I was like, yeah, the catch is fine. I've seen that before. <laughs> that, that was a top five throw of the year. That was a great, that was Favre. That was Mahomes. That was Allen. So we don't know what he's going to be. He's going to be. But right, but he's not a precision thrower. That's not what he is. He's a tall, mobile athlete who can back foot it, side arm it, throw with no stability, and some are magic, and some are ugly. But it's fun to watch. I work at Fox. We have Packer games. That was a good quality product. That was fun to watch. Remember years ago when Mahomes faced Goff in L.A., and Goff played really well? Win or lose, and he won, he got buying in the building. People went, oh, Goff can... Goff can play in these games. That's really important. And Jordan has it and delivered. All right, college football, lot of uh, lot of attention uh, in Tallahassee. <laughs> A lot of tantrums in Tallahassee. Uh, we'll discuss all that stuff coming up today. J-Mac, we both had a good week. It was, um, I got to tell you, the, the college football scenario, I love it. it it's, it's the best. I mean, we have literally, we have a Western team, a Texas team, a Southern team, a Midwest team. We've got some geographical balance. It's wonderful. Yeah. The committee finally got something right, right? I mean, they nailed it. And all this whining in Tallahassee, a little unbecoming for such a vaunted program in college football, Colin. We'll talk about that. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. Hey, it's Ben, host of The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller. It would mean a lot to have you join us on our weekly auditory journey. You're asking, what in God's name is The Fifth Hour? I'll tell you, it's a spinoff of The Ben Maller Show, a cult hit overnights on FSR. Why should you listen? Picture, if you will, a world where we chat with captains of industry in media, sports, and more every week. Explore some amazing facts about human nature and more. Listen to The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you to our friends at Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the 2024 Colin Coward Show. Panini America delivers a premier collecting experience with the most sought-after NFL, NBA, FIFA, and WNBA trading cards. Whether you're chasing rookie sensations or collecting timeless legends, Panini's got it. Panini America is also breaking new ground in NIL, featuring some of the biggest names in college sports. And now newly minted first-round picks like number one overall Caitlin Clark, Angel Reese, J.J. McCarthy, Michael Penix Jr., and more. If you're into cutting-edge digital collectibles, don't miss Panini's NFT platform at nft.paniniamerica.net with some of their first opportunities to collect this year's rookie class. Whether you're a collector of physical cards or a digital enthusiast, Panini has you covered. Check out their most popular brands like Prism, Select, Donruss, and more, including Panini Instant Cards celebrating the biggest sports moments on cards right after they happen such as Draft Night Instance. Visit PaniniAmerica.net or download the Panini Direct app today. Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the Colin Cowherd Show.
There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Toyo Tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Toyo test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Oh, it's great to have you back. Everybody going crazy this weekend. So the final college football playoff rankings, the ones I agreed with and J-Mac agreed with and most people I know agreed with, Michigan, Washington, Texas, Alabama. Florida State was unbeaten and got left out. They play in the very weak ACC. So you have to start anytime you want to argue about something. What's the base? What's the foundation we start with? The very construct of the college football playoff, and this is important. In fact, it's the most important thing. There's only four spots, and there's five major conferences plus Notre Dame, meaning all of them in any year could go unbeaten, and somebody would get left out. Happiness is connected to expectations. If you don't know that going in, the basic foundation and construct, flawed as it is, four spots, five conferences, plus Notre Dame. So yes, it's not the NFL or NBA playoffs. Appearance and style matters a lot. And you looked awful your last two games. We were watching. Awful. Third string quarterback. Colin, that is not fair. Years ago, Ohio State with a backup quarterback. They got in. Mm-hmm, I remember. And I watched. And they won 59 nothing over Wisconsin. And that's what got them in. 59 nothing with a backup. You escaped two weeks ago against awful Florida. And this past week against very, very timid Louisville. Style matters. Basic construct Four spots, five conferences. Unbeaten doesn't mean anything when it comes to a close ballot. Now, I shouldn't say that. It means something. But remember, on the NCAA College Football Playoff website, the first line, ranking football teams is an art, not a science. Again, everything is considered. Unbeaten is something, not everything. Colin, it is not our fault at Florida State our quarterback got hurt. Who said it was? Again, a straw man argument. 
It's your reality. It's not your fault. I'm not as handsome as Denzel, Ryan Gosling, or George Clooney. It's not my fault. It's my reality. Things are harder. Don't confuse the two. Colin, unbeaten has to mean something. It does. It does mean something. It means when you're awful, like you are offensively, and you're unbeaten, you will be considered because you're unbeaten. You'll be considered. But if Florida State had one loss, they'd be ranked 13th to 18th. They're unwatchable offensively. In review, styles always mattered. It's not your fault, but your reality, you're on a third-string quarterback. Unbeaten does mean something, but thank God it doesn't mean everything. Otherwise, people would be terrified to schedule big games. Okay? So the other thing I hear all the time, and boy, do I roll my eyes at this. What do we tell the kids? You're the coach. You're paid $10 million a year. Figure it out. What do we tell the kids? How about this? Don't confuse effort for results. Things will mostly work out in life, but not always. And when they don't, don't throw a tantrum. Understand life is not fair. The most overrated word in our lexicon is deserved. And effort doesn't always equal results. Think about the college football playoff, much like college admissions. You can have a 4.2. You took AP courses. You can have perfect attendance. You can have great references and not get in. Because the competition is vast and intense and nuanced. And many things are considered. But I got a 4-2, and I went to all the classes. Yeah, but we're, we're looking at your resume, and your parents are rich. And the other kid had to overcome more, and we can only let 2,200 people in, not six, seven, eight thousand. 8,000. So you don't get in. Throwing a tantrum, the answer? Don't confuse effort with results. Lots of people all over America work hard every day, and they don't get the results they want every day. There's no guarantees. The basic construct of this whole argument comes down to four playoff spots, five conferences plus Notre Dame. It's always been stylistically and artistically part of the equation. And by the way, if I have to consider everything, and I do... Correct me if I'm wrong, but the last, what, 15 years? What's the SEC won? 10, 11 championships? Do I not consider that? I have to consider every. You want me to consider everything. You want me to literally be paralyzed by the unbeaten record? Liberty's unbeaten. You know, I said this to a friend yesterday. You ever go to a wedding? What's the first thing many of us ask? Open bar or not? If it's an open bar... Get your drinking shoes on. If it's not, bring your wallet. But you know going in. It's a you problem if you don't. And have unrealistic expectations that all those gin and tonics are free. If you go into a college football th season thinking, guaranteed to get in if we win all our games, it should help. It'll matter. But it's not everything. And to me, Michigan, Washington, Texas, Bama, this morning, last night, I was okay with.
I was okay with. It's not our fault. Don't confuse fault with the reality. A third-string quarterback, this team would be a two-touchdown or more underdog. Could they win? Sure. Would they win? Probably not. I want good games. We're going to get good games. J-Mac with the news. No, 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 no. Turn on the news. This is the Herdline News. I think you nailed it, Colin. That was extremely well said. Florida State fans not happy, but you know what? That's life, man. And I also like an open bar. I'll ask him. Hey, if FSU want beat Louisville 38-10, I think FSU's probably in. Oh, if, they not- look good, if they look good in that game. No, I sat there watching saying, what do they look like? I was already, I was on Twitter, I was already, because the SEC wasn't as dominant this year. They weren't yeah. out of conference. So I was ready for a show. Like when Ohio State beat Wisconsin 59 nothing, and then you felt ridiculous not putting them in because they could win without their starting quarterback. Your last two weeks, I mean, Louisville lost to Kentucky, the team they barely beat. I, I didn't want to see that FSU team in the playoffs. Nobody it's outside of that. Nobody did. Uh, another thing I didn't want to see was Patriots-Chargers yesterday. How about that game, oh, Colin? Patriots made the move to Bailey Zappi, and it did absolutely nothing. 13 completions, 141 yards, sacked five times. Shut out 6-0. Patriots did not get to the red zone once. Neither did the Chargers, which is extremely rare. But here's a stat. The Patriots are the first team since 1938 to lose three straight games, allowing 10 or fewer points in all three. I'm done talking about the Belichick stuff, Colin. I mean, you know, the record, the results, they are what they are. Charger fans. You happy with that? Let's talk about the winning team. Yeah. Did you see the drops by Quentin Johnson again? Yeah. I mean, he can't hold on to the foot. I know it was raining. People want to freak out. Yeah, he's he. it looks like a mess. And Austin Eckler did a lot of jaw jacking in August. I want to get paid. I want to get paid. Yeah. Chargers have been a massive disappointment. Huge. Um, one other stat. Teams that hold their opponents to 10 or fewer points this year, 53-0. and 0. If, you, if you could bottle up your opponent. Patriots are 0-3 in those games. I mean, they, like, at some point, Belichick's got to fix the offense. Uh, next up, now you want offense, Miami Dolphins. Holy cow. Tua and, I'm going to say, MVP candidate Tyreek Hill were in sync. I mean, just totally dominating a bad Washington secondary. Um, Tua had 157 yards to Tyreek Hill. Tua had two TD passes. Miami 9-3. and for the first time since 2001, they have a three-game lead over the Bills when they in the face, AFC East. When they face bad teams, it looks like it's like flag football. Yeah, It's just get fast guys in the perimeter, give two a little space, and he'll throw a pretty yeah. drop pass. Like it's, They're a work of art when, when they don't play, like in cold weather or against a super physical team. But when you can give two a time to throw against an average defense to a below-average defense, they, they make it look like intramural football yeah. and a really good team beating up on the juniors and sophomores. Yeah. By the way, uh, Dolphins this week were my second bet place. Do you want to know who they're playing? Tennessee, and they're 13-point favorites. That's only going to go up. Derrick Henry got hurt. Jeffrey Simmons left the game. Like Miami is going to destroy them. Miami, I-, I know you're still reluctant when it comes to the postseason. We'll see where they play in January. I'm just, I don't, I don't think we can count this team out as a Super Bowl contender. They got to make your bubble if you redo it. No, they're the defense is improving, Colin. I'm telling you, it every is. week with Fangio, it is Jalen Ramsey back. They're looking good. This kid Van Grinkle, uh, number 43, well, they, he makes plays like every week. Dude. And they've also got a couple of down linemen that are pretty good players. Yeah. No, I don't disagree with that. It's I think they're in the mix. Uh, final story, C.J. Stroud. Wow. Like, you know, I didn't think he was amazing yesterday. He made the plays, and he hooked up with Nico Collins a ton to torch Sertan in that Broncos secondary. 
Stroud, 274 yards. Uh, he now leads the league in passing. If he keeps up this pace and finishes with the most passing yards, he will be the first rookie QB to accomplish that since Davey O'Brien. When's the last in 1939. time the Houston Texans were this much fun to watch? Is it not amazing that if you get the right coach on the defensive side and the right quarterback on the offensive side with a good play caller, how much fun they are to watch? Yeah. I mean, they were the better team yesterday. Uh, I mean, Russell Wilson made, you know, Russell's not a huge turnover guy, but he, he again, he didn't have a lot of space. He didn't but have when a lot of time. He was forced to make plays. Oh, oh he, he had to. Couldn't, you know? Yeah, they, it was Houston's a real team. But this, they couldn't put Denver away. Like, this game, it was 16 3. I'm like, oh, it's over. And well, then Denver's still, just fighting. Yeah, fighting. I mean, I think, and in, in, in I, you know, I, I just think. It's baby steps, and the first step for Houston is, can they sneak in as a wild card team? I don't think they're going to win a playoff game, but I think I've seen them play the Jags recently. The history of rookie quarterbacks in wild card games is abysmal. Not, like, auto, a, auto bet on the other side. Yeah, but I think, um, uh, by the way, Tank Dell went down, oh. and when he went down, it, for the record, it wasn't the same offense. Yeah. So some of this is play calling, Stroud, weapons. They have a little better weapons. Nico Collins, I think, had a big play he had at a one monster point. game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll say this about the Tank Dell injury. Why do you have a 5'10 guy who's like 170 blocking on the inside on like a goal line run, Colin? He got folded up and it was over. A broken, yeah. I think it's fibula or tibia. Yeah. It's over for him. Why is he even? He's a tiny receiver. He should not have been. That's like me driving the lane in the men's basketball league. I'm not doing that. I'm not right. trying to get bodied and hit to I the ground. If you're Houston, you have to look at this game and go, we didn't have Dalton Schultz. Tankdale Dale got hurt. And we beat a Denver team that had won five straight. I think this is a bigger game in the locker room than we get. I think we look at it and go, they won. But okay. Schultz, I mean, they, they, they won. They were favored and they covered, you know. But, I mean, they no tight end, productive tight end. Tank Dell has been shockingly good. And they won against the, in a defense that has played really good for a month. I know you're not a huge awards guy, but when it comes to coach of the year. Oh, D'Amico Ryans has to be top three. It's not a slam dunk. I think he's certainly top three. But it's getting, like, I think McVay has to be in there with what he's doing with this Rams mash unit. Like, they're, they're banged up. Rams are going to be, like, five-win team this year, six wins. McVay's doing an awesome job. Like, it's probably D'Amico Ryans, but I think he's got some competition. Yeah. It's fun. Uh, J-Mac with the news. Well, that's the news. And thanks for stopping by. The Herd Lie News. You know, it is it is interesting in the college football thing. Well, all this is it's rigged. It's about the big programs. Yes, uh, if you look at the programs, Washington and Michigan and Texas and Bama, next year those will all be in two conferences, the Big Ten and the SEC. And next year we go to play 12 teams in the playoff. And I would suspect seven to eight of the teams in college football's playoff will be from the Big Ten and the SEC. And I won't have a problem with it because those are the best recruiting teams and have the best players. When consolidation happens, you can whine and complain about it or get on board and pack your bags and move. Oregon did, Washington did, USC did, Texas did, Oklahoma did, UCLA did. You can complain about it. I love tradition. Yeah, I like winning. You can love tradition. I like winning. I like revenue. I like inertia. I like support and sold-out stadiums. Congrats on those regional rivalries that nobody will watch next year so get used to this the big brands winning i mean the fact that people are still complaining about it yes alabama is a huge brand they play in the best conference they have the best coach if it's going to be a coin flip i'm going to take alabama over florida state on their third quarterback yeah i am and don't feel guilty about it um i gotta i gotta hold on one second here
Oh, here, here was the uh, committee chair, Boo Corrigan, on why Florida State was left out. Realistic. The player availability was really important to, to what's going on. And, and I think someone said it there, you know, you can lose a running back, you could lose a wide receiver, but, you know, a quarterback as dynamic as uh, Jordan Travis, it, it changes their offense in its entirety. Florida State is a different team than they were through the first 11 weeks. Yeah, and there's no question. College football has had one problem in this playoff, the semifinal thing, for years. It's not fairness. It's close games. Because they're always putting in who they think deserves it, and golly gee, they had the best record, and you get crappy games like two years ago, Cincinnati and Bama. Last year, they put Ohio State in that didn't even get to their conference championship. But we all know Ohio State's like the second, third best recruiting school in the country, sometimes number one. They played Georgia. It was the best football game of the year. Ohio State didn't even get to the conference championship. We're all like, bro, it's Ohio State, Georgia. It's like 25 NFL guys. Let's get, it, let's get it on. And it was great. Two years ago, Cincinnati, the Bearcats, they got whacked by Alabama, couldn't move the chains with NFL guys. So what do you want? What do you, I want better games. I want better competition. I want the real teams that stack up. Florida State would be a 20-point underdog to Michigan. It's not what anybody wants. And yes, it's a TV show. Of course it is. Why do you think the, the selection was on television? <laughs> and they drew it out for an hour. Sat there, I was like, come on, can we get to it? Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Thank you to our friends at Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the 2024 Colin Coward Show. Panini America delivers a premier collecting experience with the most sought-after NFL, NBA, FIFA, and WNBA trading cards. Whether you're chasing rookie sensations or collecting timeless legends, Panini's got it. Panini America is also breaking new ground in NIL, featuring some of the biggest names in college sports. And now newly minted first-round picks like number one overall Caitlin Clark, Angel Reese, J.J. McCarthy, Michael Penix Jr., and more. If you're into cutting-edge digital collectibles, don't miss Panini's NFT platform at nft.paniniamerica.net with some of their first opportunities to collect this year's rookie class. Whether you're a collector of physical cards or a digital enthusiast, Panini has you covered. Check out their most popular brands like Prism, Select, Donruss, and more including Panini Instant Cards celebrating the biggest sports moments on cards right after they happen, such as Draft Night Instance. Visit PaniniAmerica.net or download the Panini Direct app today. Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the Colin Cowherd Show. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort, performance tires for sporty handling, all-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Bridgestone Tires. 
Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Bridgestone, test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Sunday, we got a huge day of football coming your way on Fox. The Rams take on Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. Trouble. Or, or... Seattle battles Christian McCaffrey and the Niners. Check for the game in your area only on Fox and the Fox Sports app. That is the Seahawks season. Have you seen the line on that game? No, what is it? 12 and a half. I would take Seattle. You have to. It's the the season for Seattle. And listen, anytime anybody gets humiliated, they usually bounce back. Philly will probably play very well against Dallas. And anytime anybody humiliates somebody, they pull back a little. That game, there was so much emotion, emotion for San Francisco. For the They'll pull back down to earth. Seattle will keep that thing close. Be careful with the Eagles. They're trending very poorly in a lot of areas. I have bet Dallas. It's up to three and a half. What's the Ravens-Rams line, just for fun? I saw seven and a half, but then I saw seven. So it's about a touchdown. NFC teams that go to Baltimore? They got smashed, right? Detroit, <laughs> Seattle. Yeah. If you've never faced Lamar, there's no comp at practice. And they're off a of bye week. Yeah, this could be a bit Ravens big. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, listen, let me start with this. Green Bay outplayed Kansas City and deserved a win. This was, however, the worst no call I've ever seen watching football, and I've been watching it since the 70s. This is such an egregious, it's not even pass interference, it's tackling. And it would have put Kansas City with an opportunity to score a touchdown and go for two. It's an outrageous miss. I don't care. I don't want your whataboutism. That is an outrageous officiating blunder. As bad as I've ever seen it. Just nonsense. Now, I'm, I am a believer. I've said this before. Let the guys play. I would call far fewer penalties. I would never throw a flag unless I actually saw a penalty. And I'm okay with contact on receivers and uh, corners. I, I'm, I am more than willing to let two great athletes battle and slap and hit I'm, I'm really okay with it this is just tackling that's a terrible non-call awful embarrassing for the league but kansas city's also an example because green bay was the better team last night of what transpires when your quarterback gets paid a lot the gm and the head coach have to make tough decisions fans are always like get the bag give my guy the bag yeah and this is what you get a receiving core that's not ready for prime time okay even um as good as Mahomes is, this is what it looks like when the quarterback's making $45, $55 million. You've got to make tough choices. And the choices are Tyreek Hill, got to go. Can't pay for uh, this player, that player. The defense is all kids outside of Chris Jones. It's all kids. And they've had some bad injury luck. Lost a left tackle. I think they're on their third Mike linebacker. they got all sorts of issues. But I, do, I look at Kansas City like I look at um, uh, Apple stock. I, I've, I've had it forever. I'll hold it forever. It's good long term. But occasionally they have an iPhone that flops or a product that flops. And so right now, Kansas City, we have to put it in context. So they have one loss to Detroit without Travis Kelsey and Chris Jones. It was close. And then uh, Marquise uh, 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 Valdez-Scanling dropped a ball against Philadelphia, and that's another loss. And then there's uh, this on the worst call in the history of the world. Uh, so you, Green Bay deserved a win. 
But I mean, this is a football team that is what? What are they now? Eight and four? You know, a drop pass. If Travis Kelsey's healthy, uh, that egregious call, it wouldn't be shocking if they'd scored a play after that. And then, you know, Andy Reid's the best two-point conversion guy perhaps ever. But it is what it is. But I'm not selling my Kansas City stock. I'm not selling my Apple stock after a flop iPhone. I just, I know what management looks like. I know, I trust, they'll be fine eventually. Now, is eventually this year or next? Eventually could be next year. My guess is right now they don't look like San Francisco. They don't look like Dallas. They don't look as good as Baltimore. They just don't. They're too young in spots and too beat up in others. Here's Patrick Mahomes after. I mean, obviously we're not where we want to be at, um, but uh, I mean, I feel like we're close. We're playing a lot of good football teams really well winning some of those games, losing some of those games. And so uh, we're kind of in the, the, the go zone now where we got to try to get it going uh, through the stretch. Um, and uh, all we can do is learn from this game and, and be focused on a, a, another challenge this next week uh, coming at, uh, to Arrowhead. Okay, so uh, the Brock Purdy stuff. So J-Mac and I, J-Mac was very early on this. J-Mac is like Brock Purdy needs to be considered for the MVP. And I'm like, hold your horses, let's settle down. Um, but after another stellar performance yesterday, um, you don't have to be a first-round pick to be an MVP. Kurt Warner was an MVP twice. He was undrafted. Well, well, I mean, Brock Purdy, I mean, look at the talent around him. Well, Kurt Warner had a Hall of Fame left tackle, a Hall of Fame receiver, should have had a second receiver, Torrey Holt in the Hall of Fame, a Hall of Fame running back, and an offensive wizard as a head coach. No quarterbacks had bad coaches and bad weapons. Like, right, um, Jalen Hurts, to me, has been a bit too inconsistent to be the MVP. Josh Allen's got too many turnovers and not winning enough games. Dak has yet to beat a team over 500. And so I think you have to, when you contextualize it, you have to consider Brock Purdy uh, for the award. It's been kind of a weird year. You know, Joe Burrow's gone. Uh, Lamar Jackson has to be up there. And I, I look at his pass chart. And, you know, he didn't have to throw the ball down the field much. But I will say this. It's not who completes the most deep balls. Uh, it is team success plus production plus value. And I don't think there's any question that there's value here. I mean, this kid just doesn't lose when the team is healthy. Um, he makes the right plays. He gets the ball to the right spots. There's real value in that. And, folks, we never held it against Peyton Manning because he had Reggie Wayne, Marvin Harrison, and Dallas Clark. <laughs> <laughs> and good offensive lines. Um, you know, and, and Edger and James. I mean, if you go look at Peyton Manning's MVP years, that dude had Hall of Fame talent everywhere. Uh, Tom Brady's best years were Moss and uh, the late Aaron Hernandez and uh, Gronk and uh, Welker. And, you know, these guys, again, whenever I hear, well, this guy's got this and that, not a lot of Super Bowl winning quarterbacks without good coaches and weapons. So I think you have to consider it. Um, he had another big game, and here's Kyle Shanahan after. I just think Brock did and what he does always every week. He just he plays the game. He tries to play it the right way. That one of the best things he did when we were down, he didn't try to make too much stuff up and um, try to overcompensate when you're down. He just kept with the plan and kept doing his job and um, did a hell of a job with it. Uh, the game had a lot of drama. There was the security guard issue, guy getting thrown out. There was just a lot of things on Fox. It was a big game. But I do think if, you, if you're fair-minded about what you saw, the thing that would concern me in Philadelphia is, um, and we saw this last year, they were blowing people out. They're not. They're winning close. Minnesota won close last year, 11-0. 
bounced in the playoffs. A couple years ago, Dallas had a team that won a bunch of close games, bounced early in the playoffs. Seattle before that had a year with Russell, won a bunch of close games, bounced early in the playoffs. In college football, it's very rare. It happens. Washington this year. If you're going undefeated or you're a one-loss team, you got a lot of blowouts. Philadelphia has been pressing their luck for weeks, and you can do that against a lot of teams in this league. You can't do it against San Francisco. I mean, I'm looking right now at San Francisco. Uh, you got Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, uh, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk's become a star, uh, Jennings. You just got too many weapons and too many good players and too many Hall of Fame players and probably the smartest schematic coach in the league, and it looked like a mismatch. It, it looked like, you know, that's one of those you throw the towel in about the third, fourth, fifth round. You're like, it's over. And so I think, I think Philadelphia will be better. But I will say this. In the game against Dallas and Philadelphia, it's not that San Francisco wins games or, or beat these two teams. They were literally flawless in the two games against the best teams. That's what's scary. For years and years when Alabama was winning the national championships, they'd have off Saturdays. But in the biggest games, you'd be like, oh my God, the gap between Alabama and everybody else not named Georgia is gigantic. The great teams usually, on average, Super Bowl winning teams, get seven to eight blowouts a year. That was San Francisco's eighth blowout win. That's what Super Bowl teams look like. The only team in the league close is Dallas. Baltimore's also had a handful of games where they've blown people out. I think the Rams could be another one this Sunday. So, I mean, the, the truth is Philly's got two. In college football, champions almost always have a lot of blowout wins. Michigan this year has blown the doors off seven or eight teams. That's what a national championship team looks like. Texas has blown the doors off five or six teams. Georgia had, but lost to Bama. Um, Washington's had a lot of narrow wins, which doesn't feel historically the Huskies like a national championship team, although I would bet them this morning over Texas at four and a half. I think that's the side. I think Michigan's the side and, tech, and Washington's the side, whether they win or not. Um, but I think San Francisco, that's what a Super Bowl team looks like. Seven to eight blowout win. When you're blowing people out in the NFL, okay, that just doesn't happen that much. You get three of those a weekend. You get three of those a weekend. San Francisco's now on seven or eight of them. Are you forgetting about the Miami Dolphins who are waxing teams? And one name you didn't mention. I'm not a big wide receiver as MVP guy, but I'm just looking at the Tyreek Hill stats, Colin. Yeah. He is so far ahead yeah. in first downs, yards after the catch, yards per game, touchdowns, average yards per reception. He's up by 300 yards on the next receiver. He is I, I like think, the pulse of the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, and I think I, I think it's a great point. I would have no problem this year giving Tyreek Hill the MVP. I would have no problem. In a year where it's been weird, right? It, it's like it's Brock Purdy. Well, the injuries to Burrow and Herbert's been slow. Dak's been and, good but can't beat it. Tyreek Hill has been the most sensational player on the most consistent level, and I think Tyreek Hill, I, first of all, it'd be nice in college football or the NFL or the NBA sometimes to go, like, off pattern. Yeah. And I think I would have no problem with Tyreek Hill. I mean, let's be honest. If you ask defensive coordinators in this league, who keeps them up at night that's not a quarterback? There's not even a second. Tyreek Hill can humiliate well, maybe you. McCaffrey a distant Ma- second. Yeah, yeah. But, like, Jalen Hurts is the heartbeat of Philadelphia. Tyreek, the heartbeat of Miami. Who's the heartbeat of the 49ers? Shanahan. That's a, I, I want to go off market and say Trent Williams. He's the first guy out of the tunnel. He comes out. He's dancing. He's hulking. And they never lose. They run behind him a lot on the left side. I'm telling you, man, he, that guy's an animal. 
First Ballot Hall of Famer, Colin Wright, Colin Wrong. Hour two next. One more herd? The herd streams 24 hours a day, seven days a week within the iHeartRadio app. Search herd to listen live or on demand whenever you'd like. Thank you to our friends at Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the 2024 Colin Coward Show. Panini America delivers a premier collecting experience with the most sought-after NFL, NBA, FIFA, and WNBA trading cards. Whether you're chasing rookie sensations or collecting timeless legends, Panini's got it. Panini America is also breaking new ground in NIL, featuring some of the biggest names in college sports. And now newly minted first-round picks like number one overall Caitlin Clark, Angel Reese, J.J. McCarthy, Michael Penix Jr., and more. If you're into cutting-edge digital collectibles, don't miss Panini's NFT platform at nft.paniniamerica.net with some of their first opportunities to collect this year's rookie class. Whether you're a collector of physical cards or a digital enthusiast, Panini has you covered. Check out their most popular brands like Prism, Select, Donruss, and more, including Panini Instant Cards celebrating the biggest sports moments on cards right after they happen such as Draft Night Instance. Visit PaniniAmerica.net or download the Panini Direct app today. Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the Colin Cowherd Show. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is... And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort, performance tires for sporty handling, all-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Continental Tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Continental test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. It's a Monday. It's the second hour. Colin right, Colin wrong. Plenty of both. Here we go. Where Colin was right. We had a good blazing five. We took the Rams, Lions, and Niners. I do apologize. The Tim Boyle experiment did not pan out for me or the New York Jets. It was, without question, the silliest pick I've ever made in the history of blazing five. What was I thinking? Obviously, I wasn't. We also have the Jags tonight, but we had a winning week, three and one with one to go. Where Colin was wrong. I said six weeks ago, I said Jordan Love's inaccurate, um, apprehensive. I don't see it. Like, I, he just doesn't have any confidence. I don't know what happened, but his last five games, 11 touchdowns, two picks. He's letting it rip. He can be a little erratic. He's a little more far than Rodgers. He's not a precise thrower, but he's got these terrific, young, twitchy athletes. Boy, does Green Bay draft and develop wide receiver talent. He's fun to watch. 
I said Friday, I didn't care if he won or lost. Just go toe-to-toe and see if you can play. I'm wrong. He did. It was awesome. Where Colin was right? Well, I made a prediction. Dak Prescott and the Cowboys would roll over Washington, Carolina, the Giants, and probably beat Seattle. And then all of a sudden, during the season, you'd hear about contract talk for Dak. Well, what do you know? It's been leaked. Ian Rappaport reports the Cowboys, Dak, are working on a deal. It's as we predicted. Dak beats bad teams. Jerry falls in love. And suddenly you're talking contracts in the middle of a season. Highly Cowboy predictable. Where Colin was wrong. Uh, You know, I gave Russell Wilson a tad too much credit. Uh, Bad day yesterday. Now, some of it is Houston's defense and D'Amico Ryans. What a great rookie coach he is. But he had three picks. C.J. Stroud clearly looked like the better quarterback. And uh, now, now Russell had a play at the end of the game to pick up a first down as the pocket collapsed. That was classic Russell Wilson. But uh, this was an ugly one. I was probably too much on the hype train. He came back down to earth. Where Colin was right? I never bought this idea the Rams were going to be awful. Vegas had their over-under at like five and a half, and I kept saying to J-Mac, it's a quarterback coach league, and I get McVay and Stafford. As long as he's healthy with Cooper Cup, they're going to win some games. Well, right now they're a playoff team. And I'll say this, I think McVay's having his best season. I think they're doing an unbelievable job to make this average offensive line work. Puka Nakua has been an unbelievable rookie. But if it's a quarterback coach league, McVay and Stafford, if Matt's healthy with decent protection, are never going to be terrible. I thought they were an eight-win team. They could vie. Didn't necessarily think they were a playoff team, but could vie for it, and they have. Where Colin was wrong. I'm glad Bama made the playoffs. They were 9-0 against the SEC, and I believe Bama deserves to make the playoffs. But I'm surprised. I didn't think they beat Georgia. Uh, The quarterback play was inconsistent. Uh, They got housed by Texas at home. Not only beat, beat by double digits and dominated at home in the fourth quarter. But Saban's a great coach. They got better. I did not think they'd beat Georgia. I didn't think they were consistent enough at quarterback. But it's what Saban does. It didn't help for uh, Georgia. A couple of players banged up. But you know what? Alabama lost one of their corners, I think, during the game. So congrats. I was wrong. And I think they'll make the playoff great. Where Colin was right. I've been a Sark guy forever. I know he's got a lot of critics. But Steve Sarkeesian, I believe, can coach. The Longhorns are 12-1. and I think they're offensively deep and, and creative. They've got a great deal of dexterity. They can win a lot of different ways. I don't know if they could beat uh, back-to-back a Washington and Bama or a Washington and Michigan. I do think Michigan feels like the best team this year, and I'm going to make them my pick to win it. But um, Sark can coach. I mean, let's be honest. Texas is a great program, but how many times have they fired a coach who couldn't win at this level? A lot. Mac Brown won. Sark has won. They deserve credit. Where Colin was wrong. Oregon. What happened to the Ducks? I thought they were the best team along with Michigan and Georgia I saw this year. And and let me tell you something. It, It wasn't that close. I don't care what the score is. Washington had 10 more first downs. Washington was 10 for 15 on third down. Washington jumped out to a lead. Washington was more focused. I think Kalen DeBoer schematically is as good as any college football coach. This thing, Oregon got out-schemed, out-played, out-physicaled. Washington won that game sort of like the Packers last night. I know it was close, but in the end you felt like Green Bay was the better team. The Huskies were absolutely the better team. Where Colin was right. I never bought these stories about Aaron Rodgers coming back to play. First of all, he shouldn't. He's 40. It's a bad offensive line. Who wants to see Aaron Rodgers get hurt? 
Um, but it kept Aaron in the news cycle. It kept the locker room optimistic. I kind of see why Aaron did it. It's an impulsive owner. You wanted to help Salah keep everybody in the right frame of mind. But this is not a place where Aaron could come back. If he had the Lions offensive line or the Cowboys offensive line or if you had the Niners weapons where you could go back, three-step drop, let her rip. That's not what we have here. I didn't buy that Aaron would play. I understood why he talked about it and discussed it, but the story is today he's unlikely to play. Where Colin was right. Diana Rossini, great reporter, says Roger Goodell wants to get rid of the tush push. Now, uh, the competition committee may push back, but this has been my contention that it's bad television. This is a TV product. I don't like the idea of quarterbacks getting smushed with 330-pound offensive linemen. I think it's dangerous. Uh, now, it is something that Philadelphia does better than everybody in football, and they deserve a ton of credit for that. I respect the heck out of Philadelphia. But I don't like the way it looks. I think it can be dangerous. I think you want to keep quarterbacks healthy. And the story is Roger Goodell does not like it either. It will go to a vote in the committee. And it'll probably be a close vote. I can tell you where Philadelphia is going to vote. <laughs> that part I can tell you. And with that, he and Kevin Burkhart. I thought it was an entertaining game and most blowouts aren't. 14 years, three pro bowlers, Fox Sports analyst. So we had said coming into it, when seasons, when you get to this point in the season, Greg, you know this. Every day counts. Every day you can be in the, in the, in the tub, in the ice room. <laughs> you can get therapy. I kind of felt like a rested Niner team really did have a situational advantage on a team that came out of an overtime game. Did you feel like that going in? We did. I, you know, I think when we started kind of breaking down the game, you know, the night before and all week, I, I think when we, we said it at the top of the broadcast, it, it's not an excuse and no coach is ever going to address it. No coach is ever going to use it leading up to the game. When we talked to Nick Sirianni, he said, listen, you know, we know this is hard. We knew all year this was going to be the stretch of games that was going to challenge us. But I think the reality is it did matter. I, I do think now, do I think if they came in on 10 days rest like San Francisco, they would have beat San Francisco. I don't think anyone's beating San Francisco when they play like that. So I, I think that's first and foremost. I think San Fran was just the better team yesterday. But with that being said, they go two back-to-back -back thrillers, one going into overtime. Their defense played 92 snaps last week against yeah. Buffalo, end up winning from behind. I, I think the physical toll, but even when we talked about the emotional toll, just continuing to get up week after week and play the biggest game of the season every single week. You get everyone's best shot. Um, yeah, I think it's a. I don't think it's an excuse, but there's no question it was. A, it was definitely a factor. There's also, as you know, Greg, having played 14 years, there are teams that you matched up better against. The reality is, Philly lost the best linebacker. Um, they got new coordinators and the skill people for the Niners, Greg. They're Hall of Fame level talent: Debo, Kittle, McCaffrey. And the guys on the back end for Philly, they're older, or they're good players. They're not Hall of Fame level. I watch this matchup, and I think, as long as Kyle can get the ball out, three-step, shotgun, out, it's a matchup problem for Philadelphia with this. I mean, even if they met again, it's not like Debo, Christian, and George are going to be less talented. Yeah, and, and that was something we, we tried to kind of set the stage early in the game. The strength of Philly's defense is, of course, the front. It's their five-man, the, the rotation, the D-line, the depth, the edge, their ability to not only be strong interior against the run, but the edge pressure, being able to rush the passer. 
So the question for Kyle Shanahan was, okay, how do I take advantage of some pass opportunities on the second and third level? They got two backups playing linebacker, a secondary that's, you know, one of the bottom five in the league. How do we take advantage of the back end and the space in the passing game without letting one of the best fronts in the league take over? So, like, that was the equation. What's great about Shanahan's system is it's built to protect the protectors, right? Aside from Trent Williams, they can then kind of scheme their way, play action pass, quick game, half boots, get the ball out of Purdy's hand, not stress the protection, and then allow Debo Samuel and McCaffrey and and Kittle and Ayuk and all those guys you just mentioned to then take advantage. And that's the chess match, but that's the advantage of this Shanahan system. There's no system in the league that does a better job protecting the guys up front, which then passes that protection along to the quarterback. And then when you have the skill players that he has and the ability to scheme up open space, run after catch, it's a nightmare. And when they're healthy, and and again, that three-game skid, they lost Debo. We saw McCaffrey get knocked out of the Cleveland game. They lost Debo, Trent Williams, and McCaffrey all in the same game. The other two didn't come back. McCaffrey played. Now that they're healthy, I think a healthy 49ers team I just I think it's hard to make an argument that they're not the best team in the league right now. So you know this. Um, so you were a, a you know a high draft pick, but you walked into your camps and you'd see fifth, six guys, fifth, six round guys, undrafted guys, and you knew at three or four practices in, whoa, this guy can really play. So we have Kurt Warner undrafted, Tony Romo undrafted, the goat Tom Brady, blah blah blah, sixth round. I look at. Brock Purdy, and I'm like, doesn't have a huge arm. He's not, you know, he's not Jalen Hurts mobile. But when you are in that stadium and you see the play develop, what does he do where you go, okay, this is not just players and coaching? Like, what do you see where you're like, okay, that's, you've been in the, you were in this league for a long time. You've seen guys who can spin it. He makes some throws, right? Yeah, I, I think, obviously, we, we know the things that work against him. Everything you just mentioned, his draft status, being Mr. Irrelevant, he's not the tallest guy, he's not going to win the combine, he's not going to win the, you know, he's not going to be the most impressive-looking quarterback on, on the field. But there's two things that separate him. He is a highly elite processor. When you talk to Kyle Shanahan, I had a minute to talk with Sam Darnold before the game, who I've gotten to know from his time here in Carolina, and he said, listen, I've been around a lot of guys. And this was unsolicited. We were just kind of BSing on the field, just kind of catching up. And he goes, he processes and can go through reads. He can check off, okay, that's a bad look. Get out of that faster than any quarterback or any guy that I've ever played with at any level. I mean, that, that's a pretty unique conversation for a guy that's only in his second year as a starter, first year as a full season starter. So he does that. He does that highly at a high level. And he does a great job operating in muddy environments. There's times where there's leakage. There's time where he has to move in the pocket. There's time the protection's not perfect. There's bodies around him, and he is highly accurate. So I think those two things, being highly accurate and being a fast processor, you can make up for not being 6'3". You can make up for not running 4'5". I mean, there's a lot of things that you can do to make up for maybe physical limitations. But the the, the notion that he's just the feel-good story that has to be put to rest. Like, this guy is a full-blown NFL starter. That conversation, in my mind, should be put to rest. Will he win the MVP? I don't know. Is he in the five-man race? Absolutely. So you had Greenlaw and the Eagles uh, kind of security guard on the sideline. Everybody's got a strong opinion on it. I 
you know, I always kind of feel like um, players have to, and it's really hard to ask a player, you guys are all going 1,000 miles an hour, and to say, hey, be calm, be collected. Well, it's easy for a guy like me to say that. You guys are going to, th- your, ha- your hair's on fire and you're breathing. What did you make of this? I'll be honest. In, in the moment, <laughs> and watching it again is kind of surreal. In the moment, it brought some life to our game. You know, it was getting out of hand there for a minute, and, and San Fran was kind of running away. We thought coming out of the second half that Philly needed a little spark. They needed a little juice. This was it for a brief period of time. And, and again, Big big Dom, who's kind of become a, a local legend b- before this and obviously now after it, he can't put his hands on, on Greenlaw. That, that's no question. Me personally, I don't think any of it really warranted either one of them getting ejected. Yeah. You know, Greenlaw... Yeah. got the penalty. He kind of suplexed Smith. That was clearly a penalty. The sidelines kind of put their hands. I don't necessarily think either one of them did anything that egregious. I, yeah. I, I mean, I don't think Greenlaw. I mean, I think a lot of it was kind of overblown. At the end of the day, yes, Dom cannot put his hands on players. I'm sure Sirianni, you heard him apologize to Shanahan after the game. I, I think that's for sure. I don't think Greenlaw should have been thrown out. I don't think he should have been removed from the sidelines. The penalty was enforced on the field everything else was just emotions running hot but um it did bring some energy and some fun <laughs> life to the game so we had a good time with it yeah i mean it's uh it, i kind of feel like you did it's we we in the media sometimes we want this immediate reaction after a win or a loss and it's like can we let these players their their hairs on fire you've been in these you're yeah. a, you're a smart conscientious guy you've probably lost yourself for a moment in the game have you not yeah Absolutely. Yeah, and that's why I, I think, again, when you look back on it, I, I really didn't think, even in the moment, I and mean, we, we kind of had made light of it to a degree, and, and I think people are overreacting. I'm reading articles today that the Philadelphia you know, head of security, Dom, like he needs to be banned from NFL sidelines forever. I, I just feel like people yeah. just take everything to the complete extreme. I, I don't think there's any possibility of suspension for Greenlaw. I don't think him kind of to me it looked like he was like pointing in his face yeah. less than trying to strike him yeah so the refs were trying to get a hold of it i thought it actually brought some fun excitement philly yeah. ended up finishing the drive with two quarterback sneaks at some point they're going to run a quarterback sneak from first and goal <laughs> on the five at this point it just keeps getting further further and further away but that was a big moment and then san fran converts on third down the ensuing drive and then debo breaks five tackles and busted the game back open but for a minute there that five, six minutes of that, that quarter, that was when the game kind of came to life a little bit. Okay, so we were saying this. I know you were flying home, and Jordan Love played Mahomes, and I said that it didn't matter if Jordan Love won. If he would get a huge buy-in in the building if he could look like when Goff beat Mahomes in L.A. Had he not won, you were like, Oh, Goff can go toe-to-toe with Mahomes. We, we got ourselves a franchise guy. This guy can take us places. Because personnel departments every year are looking, you know, they're looking over your shoulder. And I thought with Jordan Love last night, win or lose, the play calling, they're clearly saying, kid, let it rip. And you know this, not every coordinator does it with, with his players. So do we lose Greg or we still have Greg? Can you still see us, Greg? No, we just lost him. Uh, Greg Olson. We, we lost him. I, I do think, you know, and, and, and I, I said five, six weeks ago, I just did not at all see it with Jordan Love. But Matt LaFleur after the game came out and just said, hey, we just told him sometimes you got to let it rip. 
and it's just the maturation and the growth. He'd been on the bench for three years. I figured he'd have it right out of the shoot. He didn't. Now he's got it, and it looks special. And I'll, and I'll tell you this. In the NFC, in the AFC, a lot of these teams have drafted quarterbacks and hit on them. Herbert, Trevor Lawrence. Okay, let's go back to Greg Olson. So, Greg, we were talking about Jordan Love. I didn't think he had to win. But he had to show that he could go toe-to-toe and make plays. And my takeaway after that game is, if you're a Packer fan, executive, uh, the guys upstairs, the coach, the coordinator, the dude looks like he can play. He can go toe-to-toe. He's a little erratic, but there's a lot there, right? Yeah, I, I think it's exciting, right? I think this young, you know, this athletic young wide receiver group that had some struggles early in the season just took a little time. I think... Jordan Love kind of rode that up and down roller coaster along with them. We saw him on Thanksgiving up in Detroit. Detroit was kind of the toast of the league. And I didn't think that was a fluke. The games coming into Detroit, Jordan Love was playing his best football week in, week out. Detroit was his best game of his career. And the game before was the best game of his career. And now you could argue the Kansas City game was his best moment of his career, you know, winning at home against the defending Super Bowl champs. So I don't think there's any question. I think this last five week kind of sample size of Jordan Love. I don't think he's just playing good relative to a young player making his first, you know, full season as a starter. I think he's playing playoff football. I mean, if they continue to play like this and go toe-to-toe with some of the playoff contenders in this league, I think they got a shot to grab that that last playoff wild card spot. And I don't know if I'm thrilled playing them, even though I get to play them at home. Yeah, no, I, I actually looked at their schedule last night. I think Green Bay, I would I would vote today that Green Bay gets in. Now, Kansas City, they've yep. had close losses. I kind of feel like, I, I used the example earlier, it's like Apple stock. I know it's good long term, but they may occasionally have an iPhone I don't like. It feels like, I know they're going to be fine eventually, but this just feels like a bunch of kid receivers and Mahomes is trying to pull them along, and they're not there. They don't feel as special this year. Is that fair? Yeah, I think that's fair. And and I think the results and the scores and the metrics and some of the more, you know, the things that we're accustomed. And we said this a little bit about Philly yesterday. And, and oftentimes in the NFL, you fall victim to your own success. The expectations of what we've seen for years becomes the expectation that if we don't see it on a week-by-week basis, all of a sudden you've completely fallen off the map. I think that's happened with Philly, you know, after yesterday as people say, oh, my God, they're not as good. The defense is not as dominant as it was last year. I I think the same thing can be said about, you know, Mahomes and the Chiefs. The reality is Kansas City is still amongst this top tier because of how good this young defense has gotten. I mean, they kind of went through a little bit of a young rebuild last year on defense, invested a lot of young picks, a lot of young secondary players and up-front playing and they ended up winning the Super Bowl, they're able to weather turnover because if you have a quarterback and you have a coach, which obviously they have two of the best ever, you can weather turnover at everywhere else. Now, the question is they were able to bring some of those new pass catchers, Juju and and, the, and Tony and these guys last year and win a Super Bowl. Can they bring this new crop of guys? They have Kelsey, they have Pacheco, they have Mahomes. Can they get the rest of this cast on offense to just be dynamic enough that they don't have to win every game on the back of their defense, because let's be honest, their defense as a whole across the whole season has been better than their offense has been. It's just their offense has lightning in a bottle because they have the best player in the world, one of the best tight ends of all time, and a couple pieces, and one of the best play callers, head coaches. So they have the pieces on offense to do it at the right spots, but do they have enough guys around them 
to win a Super Bowl. I think that's the that's the question that remains. All right. Say hi to Kev. Greg Olson, great broadcast. Good seeing you again, my friend, on a Monday. I appreciate it. You got it. Thanks, Tom. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So wherever your next journey together takes you, start it off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Learn more at ProPlansport.com. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.